0: Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. If this podcast helps you spiritually, will you consider helping us naturally? You can give online or become a monthly partner as we aim to help more ministries and release more content. You can give online today at thelife.cc. Enjoy today's message. This is part three of our series, How to... Pray. So we first talked about what actually was Pastor Joel, where he mentioned about shift. And I shared the example, uh, like for me in my life, how did I shift? Because I was not a person of prayer. The only time I prayed was breakfast, lunch and dinner. And most of the times, too, I would be praying like when I was in trouble. Uh, And so with that was like we need to shift. Well, how do we shift? And I shared the example of my life when things was rough, it was horrible, but I began to walk around my apartment and just begin to give God thanks. So when was the last time you gave God thanks? Not just for breakfast, lunch and dinner, but when was the last time you seriously took the time to say, Lord, thank you. And So we encourage each other. Hey, look, you know, like throughout your week. And when can you give God thanks? When you're pumping gas in your vehicle. When you go going grocery shopping. Giving God thanks. And so we talked about that. Then secondly, we talked about FaceTime. We talked about the importance of relationships. And we say it's nothing wrong with watching Netflix. There's nothing wrong with being on social media. But that should not have all of our face time because we know relationships matters. And so we know God desires to have a relationship with us, but the enemy, he wants to destroy relationships, but we're destined for relationships. Relationships matters. Donovan I pull up this uh, other quote from uh, Ann Graham. It's just been on my heart this, this whole week. Uh, the next one, There we go. We need to establish a relationship with God before a crisis so we can pray to God with confidence in a crisis. We need the relationship before the crisis so we can pray in confidence to God as we're going through through. The crisis. So depending on who I spend my face time with, that is who I'm going to go to when I'm in a crisis. If I have a relationship with fear. And a crisis come. Oh, man, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know what Lord Jesus, can you help? We're asking a question, not in confidence. But relationships matter. Luke chapter 11, verse 1, we'll go over that uh, to our Bibles right quick. And like I said, this is just a little recap why we pray, how to pray series. And one thing we see in the life of Jesus, even that one of the disciples realized about Jesus' life. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. You hear a couple of pages turn, it's okay, take your time. If you're on your phone, you get a text, just tell them, meet me here at church, 1417 West Capitol Street, Jackson, Mississippi 39203. And I know it's on the screens too, but Luke chapter 11, verse one. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Just as John taught his disciples, he said to them, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, say our father. The disciples noticed the relationship that Jesus had with his father. And out of this, they was like, hey, we want this relationship. We desire this and we want to know about prayer. Three things I notice about prayer. The first one is when we pray, there are three things that happen. Three things that happen. Number one, we get a heart with who we pray to. The disciples realized that Jesus had a heart for his father. He had a relationship with his father. So out of this, they wanted that same desire, that same alone. And so when we pray, we get a heart for who we pray to. That relationship matters because when I know that God loves me and I'm in a crisis, I'm not going to him in fear. I'm not going to him in doubt. I'm going to him in full confidence, knowing that he is going to be with me no matter what the situation is. And I talked to him in full confidence. I don't stutter. I'm not shaky. Think about this. Everybody has on a pair of shoes. When you went to that store and you asked for that shoe, no matter what your shoe size is, I'm a 10 and a half. I didn't go up in there and say, hey, uh, yes, can I uh, get a size eight? I asked for a 10 and a half, something specifically because of the relationship that I have with my feet. I know. (laughs) I was saying if y'all was gonna catch it. I'm so confident. It doesn't matter who is standing in front of me when I'm ready to go purchase a pair of shoes. I tell them my shoe size and I sit down and I wait for them to bring me the shoe and I try what? on the shoe. But there is a confidence Out of that relationship, we get a heart for who we pray to. Let's go to Daniel chapter 2, verse 1. Well, actually not verse 1, Daniel chapter 2, verse 14. Notice I said it matters about our relationship with God before a crisis. Because when we go through a crisis, we have to have confidence. In Daniel, I'll paraphrase this story, but I would encourage you all to read Daniel chapter one. Really just read the whole book of of Daniel, but just this week, Daniel chapter one. Daniel is about to be faced. Well, this is the second one. He's already been faced with a situation, something that he has not done. He's just living his life. And out of him living his life, there's a circumstance that he is now faced with because the nation, his people. They did not heed the warning to follow God, to trust God. Now, out of this, Daniel and the people from his nation, they are now basically seized by the Babylonian culture or the Babylonian system under King Nebuchadnezzar. I want to make sure y'all get this. Daniel. A young man, he's living his life. He's praying to God, not doing anything wrong. But because a whole nation has not surrendered unto God, now this nation is seized by a king who is serving false gods. Daniel is serving the only true God. The nation that is now captured him and his people are surrendered to false gods. And so out of this, they're saying, hey, I want y'all to get me the wise men, their built, their stature, their mindset. I want you to get them and bring them to me because for three years, I want to train them to be a Babylonian. I want to train them to be who I want them to be, not who God has created them to be. So now Daniel is in this situation and the king has a dream. And out of this, King Nebuchadnezzar is like, hold up, you all are wise. I'm not going to tell you what my dream is. I want you to interpret my dream. Like, wait a minute. You want us to interpret a dream that we have no clue of what it is because you have not revealed it to us. Yes. Yes. Then out of that, he's like, you know what? He got so upset. He said, if you do not interpret the dream, I am going to kill you. What? Bruh, you had the dream, not me. You want the interpretation, not me. So let's pick up. How did Daniel, how did Daniel handle this situation? He's in a what? Crisis. Daniel chapter 2, verse 14. When Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Notice how he talked to him. Wisdom and tact. He asked the king's officer, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariok then explained the matter to Daniel. Notice Daniel's response, verse 16. At this Daniel went into the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Daniel hadn't done anything wrong. And he goes and stands before the king and he asks for time. If you were in that situation, would you have even gone to the king? Would I have even gone to the king, the very one who just put out a decree saying, I'm going to kill you if you don't interpret my dream? But because of Daniel's relationship before the crisis, he goes in full confidence and he has a conversation with the king. So now, verse 17, then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter To his friends, the H guy, the M guy, and the A guy. (laughs) Verse 18, he urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Verse 19, during the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. Daniel, he went home, explained the matter to his friends. He didn't gossip. He didn't say the king was a fool. He didn't say the king was a dummy, was an idiot. When you hear things and you go to your house, how are you talking? How am I talking? When I'm watching the news and I just heard some, how do I respond? What does my body language look like? As I'm scrolling through social media and I see something, what is my response? How am I responding about the matter? Notice he explained the matter. So now he has friends who he can take this matter to, not just for him to get out of the situation, but for them to get out of the situation. The next two things I noticed that when we pray, Donovan will pull it up here on the screens. Number one, we get a heart for who we pray for. But number two, we get a heart with who we pray for. Three, we get a heart with who we pray with. Number two, we get a heart with who we pray for. King Nebuchadnezzar. Daniel prays for him but he has a heart for the very man that desires to kill him. When you look out into your neighborhood, when you look out into the streets, even as you ride up and down Jackson, are we praying or are we complaining? When we pray, For Jackson, do we have a heart for Jackson as we pray or is it like, man, why y'all just can't get y'all act together? If it's in another city, if it's in another state, something that we see on the news and we hear, what is our response? And a lot of us, including me, we desire to see change on the outside. But God is saying, before I can change those things on the outside, I got to change first what's on the inside of you. Because it matters what we say. It matters what I say. What they say, attitudes are what? Contagious. The words that I speak is locating my attitude. The words that you speak is locating your attitude, and as we speak, it become, it can become contagious. So, in this moment, Daniel and his friends is faced with the situation. So, verse nineteen, we heard the mystery was revealed. Verse twenty-two. This is what Daniel said. He reveals about God. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Verse 23, I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we asked of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Let's go to verse 46. Donovan, I know I didn't give you this, so I apologize. Uh, Verse 46, same chapter, verse 2. Let's look at what King Nebuchadnezzar does because of Daniel's relationship with God. First, the king is saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you out and interpret my dream, even though I haven't told you what my dream is. Daniel's like, you know what? It's okay. He's not speaking out of his right mind right now. But because of my relationship with God, I'm gonna to go to God. So Daniel tells the king the dream, verse 46. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, now this is the same king that put out a decree. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods. This is a king that's serving false gods. The king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries for you were able to reveal this mystery. Then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all of its wise men. Relationship matters. So let me ask you a question. When you're going through a crisis, when I'm going through a crisis, how am I praying? How are you praying? What are we saying about the one we're praying to, the one we're praying for, And the people we're praying with. Notice Daniel, his heart to God, his heart for King Nebuchadnezzar, and his heart for the people that he's praying with. It made a difference. What was a crisis for them now, Daniel is placed, check this out. He wasn't even trying to get in position. He wasn't even looking for promotion. He was just living the life that God had laid up for him. And out of him living that life that God laid up for him, not only was he promoted, his friends were promoted, but now a nation that was serving false gods is now surrendered to the only true God. So any wonder why Satan doesn't want us to pray. Any wonder why Satan doesn't want us to have a relationship with God. Because he knows the end result. And so for us. It matters. What are we doing. With our time. Wherever you spend your time, that's where your life will end up at. That's who you will become. Your life and my life, it goes in the direction of the most dominant thought that we have. Well, how do we get those thoughts? What we listen to, what we hear, what we see. As the mind goes, so does the heart. As a man, as a woman thinking in their heart, so are they. And so the enemy wants us to get in a relationship of fear, doubt, worry. Because now with us having a relationship with fear, doubt, and worry, most of our conversation is going to be centered around fear, doubt, worry. God is not moving through fear. He's not moving through worry. He's not moving through doubt. He's moving through faith. He's moving through peace. He's moving through his word. A decree put out. Daniel's like, no, that would not be for me. Death is put out. Daniel said, no, that would not be for me. I'm speaking life. I'm praying life. I'm talking to the one who is the creator of life. And so we have to remember that God is saying, no matter what is going on, it matters who you are giving your time to. My wife and I, a couple of weeks ago, we're going to move. I'm like, ooh, you know, I got the Walmart app. So you, need, you get some benefits, you know, being on the Walmart app. And so that, that ad came across, buy one, get one free for a movie. I'm like, ooh, date day, baby. You know, the children, they had summer camp. So I'm like, it was a Friday. I'm like, we're going to go catch the movies. Won't get no popcorn. We're going to eat before a budget. All right, so. <laughs> so we go to the movie. We're enjoying the movie. So in this one part in this movie, it's like, oh, like, mm. man, keep watching the movie. That was buy one, get one free, bro. (laughs) About 10, 15 minutes later, it's like, oh, it comes again. I'm like, man, we about to miss out on this deal. We're going to have to walk out this movie. Because, Because what was going on in the movie, time What was going on in the movie was depositing fear. It looked good when the trailer was showing, but now we're sitting in it. Fear is being deposited. So the first time I'm like, uh, (laughs) that's just me. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Man, quit being spiritual. Boy, just watch this movie. you on a date with your wife. Okay, I know it. Comes up again. I was like, I say, hey, babe, we're going to have to walk out. I looked to my right. I hey, babe, huh? I said, we're going to have to walk out. Yeah, okay. I was thinking the same thing. So we get up and walk out. And she was like, oh my, oh my. When did you get it that we should have walked out? I said, the first time was, and I shared with She's like, ah, me too. <laughs> but we both sat there. Thank God for his mercy. Yes. So it comes around, like, again, like I said the second time. And so I was like, And then the second time she starts, I was like, yeah, me too. We're both in the same room. Receiving the same thing. At first, we didn't make a decision to get up, but then we made a decision to get up. So I wonder how many times during the week God is. Getting our attention. But we're ignoring. And then we ignore it sometimes all the way to the end. Then a crisis happens. Lord, get me out, Jesus. It's like, I spoke that a month ago. And God is saying, it's not that I can't get you out. But do you realize what the enemy is doing? Because if you don't realize what the enemy is doing, And out of my love for you, I am going to get you out. But guess what? Two months, three months later, you're going to be right back in the same place. And God is saying. My relationship with you matters, but also your relationship with me matters. You know, I love you. And, you know, I'll do anything for you. But will you do the same for me before the crisis? Because I don't want you to be in a crisis. Your life, my life should be in crisis every single month. And if my life is in a crisis every single month, it's, y'all, it's something I'm doing. It's not God. It's not on God. It's something I'm doing that I'm allowing the enemy to have place. The thief, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if there's any stealing, killing, and destroying in my life personally, things that are being taken away from me, I got to be giving the enemy somewhere, somehow, a place. Even something that's small as you're at a restaurant and a waiter, a waitress is taking too long to come and get your order. All right, now they keep on, they're missing what they tip. I'm gonna tip right on up out of here after I pay. It's amazing how we all in church and we be having them same thoughts at times. You didn't even know I had that same thought too at one point. (laughs) But it's like, you know what? I noticed they working a lot of tables. It's busy. It's crowded. You know what? It's not them. They're so nice so cordial. You know what? Let me give them a kind word. With a tip. But could they be going through a crisis too? My wife and I. I'm going to end with this. My wife and I, we were at a restaurant. And uh, I said, babe, because this is me. Man, woman, my wife the waitress is a woman. I'm about to have a conversation. So I let my wife know the conversation I'm going to have for her. Hey, babe, I noticed something. I want to ask her this. I want to, she's like, like, you think that's good? That's Yeah, that's good. So simply the conversation, the statement was going to be like, hey, you know, thank you for serving and waiting on us. Can we serve and wait on you? I said, uh, I want to tell her, you know, member Word of Life Church and we just want to, Share our love and our heart, you know, Tori. Anything we can pray with you about? And I said, I want to tell her it's okay if she says no because she's at work. I want to honor the time. And so it's like we're not going to pray for her right there. I just want to get the information. So, yeah, yeah, bang. I think that'd be nice. So I do that. Lo and behold, she stops. She says, you're about to make me cry. And I'm saying, no, 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 don't do that. We don't need the manager to come out. Don't do that. But she's like, no one has ever asked me that. Then she starts sharing what she is going through. And I'm like, wow. So I said, thank you for sharing. And then she goes on to talk. I want to say, now now you're on the clock. Now you got some other tables. And she continues to talk. So this was last year we had this conversation. She had communicated to us that she had not been in church for a year. And by us taking the time to ask that question, It was just a sign to her letting her know that God loves her and that she needs to get back in church. I wonder how many people can literally get out of their crisis if we take the time and obey God to just have a conversation. Could they be a conversation way to get out of the crisis that they need? And at times, God, will you send someone? God, will you? And he's saying, no, you are that person. I just need you to talk. I just need you to ask one question. Will you take time and ask that one question? Because there's a deliverance in your question That only the deliverer can provide. But I need you to open up your mouth. And speak. Relationship matters. Was I nervous? (laughs) Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know how she's going to respond. We're in a public place. I don't even know her belief. I don't even know she believes in God. But because of my relationship, God, I know you love me, but I'm gonna do this because I love you. So I wanna encourage you, encourage myself in life. Crisis, situations, they're gonna come up. But who are we gonna go to? Who are we gonna run to? Three questions. Donovan, you can put up, uh, what authority, there we go. What authority am I under? What do I want to come? What do I want to go? We're talking about prayer. Am I praying fear? Meaning that's my conversation. I'm talking doubt, worry, unbelief. Hey, crisis is going on in my life. Do, do I want peace to come do I want joy to come do I want happiness to come what do I want to go I want fear to go I want I want worry to go I want doubt to go I want anxiety to go I want depression to go what authority am I under are you under our relationship? will tell us because who I spend the most time with that is who I am dependent upon and in this prayer series God is saying there are things that you see on the outside that should not be but I first have to come on the inside and remove some things even out of your life encourage you in some things in your life so as you stand in the place where I have called you to be on your job in your home even in your church there'll be things that you'll be able to speak that I have placed on your heart that will deliver people that will give them the answer to the prayer that will give them the answer that they've literally been looking for but it's only going to come through you So will you be a vessel that I can flow through? Will you allow me to unclog you? I started to call this message liquid plumber. You know, when a sink gets stopped up. You're used to the water flowing down. But after so long, there's a buildup that comes. You see that water come up. He's like, no, 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 That's not the way this is supposed to be. So you go and get liquid plumber. Or you go and get the the stick that it has the little uh, hooks at the end and you stick it in and it pulls all the things out that's stopping up the sink, that's stopping the flow. And so you're pulling all that stuff like, dang, I didn't know that was in there. So you're pulling it out. Ooh, that's the stink. Boy, I did the truth. You're pulling it out, you're pulling it out, you're pulling it out, you're pulling it out. And then you run that water. And now. That's what God is saying for all of us. He knows we love him, but that at times things get in our heart that clog him up. That where he, he can't flow through, he, he's trying to get through, but he can't. There's hurt, there's pain, there's, there's unforgiveness. And he's like, I need to get that out of you so you can get that out of them but first it starts with you so as you get unclogged now you allow me to go in unclog others and so now when they looking at you it's like wait a minute you was frowning last week sister brother you was going oh man you were clowning but now you in here with a smile bro what's up what you doing and it's amazing How they'll put it to something from the world that you got that's helping you. But when you tell them, oh, no, no. This is just my faithful father reminding me of how much he loves me. And so now that I know you're just seeing an outward expression of his love in my life. That's all. It's just God. Just unclogged me in his liquid plumber. I think that's why I'm going to title the message. Liquid plumber. And so as we go to God in prayer, that's literally what he does because we're getting a heart for who we pray to. Getting a heart with who we pray for and we're getting a heart with who we pray with. So those are the three questions that I'll end with that I want you to just think about this week. What authority are you under? That relationship. Whose whose relationship are you under? What do you want to come? What do you want to go? Choir, y'all can go ahead and come on up. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Father, we desire to be under your authority, to be in relationship with you. Because that was the original design by you in the first place. And out of your love for us, you came and gave your only son, Jesus, for all of us. Him making the way. So before I close out, maybe there's someone in here that's saying... I need to get unclogged. I need to allow Jesus to come into my heart to be the Lord and be the savior of my life. Or maybe you already have made that decision a month ago, six months ago, or a year ago. And it said, hey, I need to rededicate my life unto the Lord. I need to unclog and let those things go in. And allow Jesus to be the center of my heart. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand? That's all I'm asking in this moment. Just raise your hand and I'll pray. Thank you. I see those hands. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. I see that hand. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The love of the Father. So God, I thank you for every person that lifted their hand. I thank you, Father, that your hand is upon them. Father, I thank you that your promises for them is true. You desire to move them forward in every area of life that where they're prospering in seeing your faithfulness. So, Father, thank you for that in Jesus name. Everyone repeat this prayer after me. Say, dear God, thank you for loving me. Thank you for believing in me. God, if there's anything in my heart that I need to let go of, I give it to you now. Show me what it is so that I can say, you can dwell here no longer. My heart belongs to God. And Father, I thank you as you show it to me. I give it to you. I surrender it to you. And as I surrender my life to you, I shall be the man and the woman that you have called me to be. And I'll walk in the places that you have called me to. I thank you for joy coming in. I thank you for peace coming in. I thank you for rest coming in. In Jesus' name, amen.